All right, welcome to our podcast. I'm here with Emily, Connor, and Leilana. So, I'm Carter. Carter and Leilana. Oh, wrong. No, it's Leilana. Leilana. And you are? Matthew. You forgot to say. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. So, when a conqueror threw the cat, what do you guys think that says about him? Um... Well, I thought it was kind of an interesting way to like introduce him because it was literally on the first page and it's so basically he he's this wrestler and he's able to beat this wrestler who's like so so famous undefeated. And, yeah, he's undefeated for like years and Akongwa just like beats him like ease so easily and it like it like shows it, it kind of like introduces you to like how how strong he is and like how dedicated he is because getting to somewhere like that like obviously that would take yeah and from poverty yeah yeah and from poverty like um, how in a little bit later in the earlier chapters um, it talks about his they talk about his father Unoka I think and it basically basically a is like angry at his father because all his life he's like been in debt and he's been lazy and stuff and it's like it like slowly contributes to more and more of this hatred that Okonkwa has for like weakness and stuff and his whole life of just seeing his father fail like that has like led him to decide that he wants to be everything that his father wasn't and so he just becomes this really tough hard-working person and that's kind of like what leads him to have all his success well like if if he like didn't like his father so much i was really confused but like why would he why would he like listen to his like saying like what he said like the proverb like because that obviously motivated him <laughs> like i don't understand like why does he like why does he motivate himself with his father saying but like he just doesn't like his father he's like opposite of what his father does he pushes him away and eventually kills him even though they were very like close and like that okay so basically um well at the right at the end of that chapter it talks about how he was actually angered when his father did this because it says Anoka was like that in his last days. His love of talk had grown with age and sickness, and it tried Akonkwa's patience beyond words. And that's just kind of another thing because Akonkwa is like obsessed with being everything that is like masculine and like tough. And he thought that like his father's words of consolation were like weakness and like inaction. And so because his father was trying to comfort him, he, his father was basically trying to comfort him for his failure and saying like, oh, well, it's okay. But Akonkwa, in retaliation to that, he's saying like, no, it's not okay. I'm gonna do way better next time to prove you wrong. And maybe because of his father's like failure, like not having title, maybe that drove Okonkwo to uh, throw the cat and try to gain a reputation. With gaining the reputation, he also is looking to gain pride, which obviously goes along with his father's saying of 
You can't really be hurt when you have pride. Yeah. And um, I think one kind of like scary thing about Akonkwa is that his pride is kind of what leads to all his mistakes. How later on in the book, for example, he he ends up um, having to kill his, having to kill Ikamafuna, who was given basically just given to him as part of a peace treaty with another uh, tribe, and. Over he Ikumafuna ends up living with Akonkwa for like three years or something like that, and over time uh, Akonkwa comes to love him like one of his own children, and so what I what I would like to ask you guys is uh, what do you think drove him Akonkwa to kill Ikumafuna even though he loved him? I mean maybe his pride got in the way of love. Like maybe he like didn't want to be like soft, you know. I don't know, but like, but like, for some people, like love is just like embarrassing or something. But like, as it was said, like he, his wives is like children. They think he has a heart and stuff. But like maybe he just like he's like, oh, I'm too like tough and I'm too pride. I mean prideful and like proud to love someone. And maybe he was just afraid to love Ikmafuma so much. I agree with that because feminine things aren't really valued in their society. It's more like masculinity, and that's why sort of beating women, yeah, bad, bad, yeah, and ruling their house with like a heavy hand is accepted. Yeah, it's like crazy to think how like normal that scene. Like they literally have a week of peace that's dedicated to not beating like each other. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and then it's like Akonkwa ends up beating one of his wives like really bad, anyways. How do they pee? And like it. And I thought it was just like crazy because he like literally just disregards their whole customs. Like it was the week of peace. Like. You're not supposed to hurt anyone or anything, and he just like completely goes out of his way and like flashes out, and it's like off. Yeah, really short-tempered. Yeah, um, I think he definitely does that for his pride, just like maybe his wife insulted his pride, and even though it's like something super sacred not to hurt anyone during that week, he still felt that he had to defend his pride. I just think it's crazy because like he did that and like nobody really like cared and like and like well I feel like I feel like nobody really like actually cared and they just they're just like oh okay just another beating. Okay. So right now we're gonna discuss the proverb. Going to um, the next section, the proverb which I thought was, I thought it was pretty interesting because, um, what I personally thought the proverb meant was that, like, because, um, it was such a bad year that, like, Akonkwa wasn't the only one who, like, had so little success with his crops. It was, like, so many people in the village, and they also, like, had terrible, uh, like, harvests that year. And with um, the proverb that Onoka said, I thought it meant that like because everyone else failed, Akonkwa shouldn't have been ashamed because like he wasn't the only one that did it. And so like he kind of has that to relate to everyone. It's like, well, I failed, but like so did you and so did everyone else. So like it's okay. And 
Um, but then Okonkwo goes back to like denying that. Yeah, yeah. And and he also at the end of the proverb it says it's more difficult and more bitter when a man feels alone and I don't know if any of you guys have your take on what that means well with the context of like a prideful heart I took that as like without pride because if it's more bitter then they're able to learn from that but Okonko if he's always prideful then he'll never learn from his mistakes and he'll remain the same well it's like on a test let's say that you get like you're the only person in the class who got an F but everybody else got like a B or an A like it's it hurts more because you're like oh I'm stupid and everyone else is smart that's what I kind of think um what you said what it meant and I I think it's kind of funny because even though even though Konko wasn't the only one that failed he kind of took it in that same way and he thought he was like the grand failure of them all and and then even then even though he was putting himself down so much he ends up like making even more mistakes like, um, like, how prideful he is in his work, and, like, like, hey, everybody else is going through this, it takes the sting away a little bit, instead of just you telling on your own, that's what really is, not and I think it's kind of interesting to see his ideals being put, like, with other people, like, for example, his his actual son Noye, I think I think it's Noye, and it's there's this one section, I believe it's on page 28 or somewhere there, and it explicitly says that Akwankwa does love his son and like he does care about him, but like he just doesn't really know how to like help support him and like how to help him become the kind of man that Akwankwa wants him to be, and so. His way to do it is to just like constantly put him down and like beat him. And like, I think that's kind of interesting because like, Akongwa is, is, throughout the whole book, he's so afraid of failure that he like makes mistakes. He fails trying so hard not to fail. And I feel like he's kind of failing his son because like, instead of being supportive and like helping him in like a healthy way, he's he's just like putting him down and like, I thought that was like, really sad just because like his son does eventually like want to be like a Konkwa and like looks up to him but Akonka just kind of like rejects him sort of um well I think that definitely since like um he's trying to be like everything his father isn't he's definitely failing at that because his father is seen as a failure and then he keeps the conqua keeps failing also which definitely doesn't justify his own reasons for all of his actions i guess i mean in a way he kind of is succeeding because his father was like not necessarily weak but like weak right mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or like, he didn't really treat Okonkwo with 
masculinity. Like he wasn't like, oh, this is how a man should act. But Kanko, that's how he's treating his son. This is how a man should act. This is how you should act. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. It's kind of hard to like connect these things to real life, just because obviously it's an entire different like culture in an entirely different continent with different people. But like, I guess one thing that you could connect everything to is like, um, kind of like people trying to like force themselves into certain roles of society. Something, like, something that they're not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, the conquest so try is he's trying so hard to like be like the most like manly man that he can be, and like he's trying to like have his sons act like that. He wants he wants his son Noye to be the manliest man that he can be. He wants his daughters to act the way he thinks women should act, and it's like. I guess it kind of connects to society because, like, like, um, like I think less. It's less. It's definitely less so today, but definitely in the past, people kind of just had like their own roles. Like I guess gender roles, sort of. Like people just kind of had their own roles, and like it, you couldn't really stray from that. And I thought, I thought that was kind of like one thing you could connect to it. How think how some how like some things for women like stay with women and how some things with men stay with men yeah yeah well like that. that could be interpreted with like toys like dolls are seen as sort of a more feminine girly thing and say yeah manly dolls are more are so well dolls that are more associated with violence are like more yeah, like superheroes, uh, crime fighters, policemen. Yeah, are more like, associated with men. Yeah. Yeah, like more violent things are like associated with the men, which is kind of like a, what a Conco is seeking. Like he's very violent, and like he has a short temper, and like the dolls are more like, like I guess delicate and like feminine, and like that's what the women should be seen as. Like according to Okonkwo, he's like, oh, like there was this one part. Um, in a later chapter where he's like eating with his family and one of his daughters like comes to eat with him and he's like oh you need to sit like a woman and I thought that was like pretty harsh because like his daughter like really looks up to him and she even wanted to like go with him to watch the wrestling match but he's kind of just like disregarding her to like, force her to be something else that maybe she doesn't want to be you know, it's kind of sad. Okonko kind of like resembles my dad because my dad, he's always like, like if I said, if I ever like wore, if I ever wore like a guy's, like guy's like pants and then like a shirt or something, she'd, he'd be like, why don't you just like a, why don't you just like a girl? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of comfortable in this or like, or like he'd be like. You have to act more like a girl and like go to the mall or something and I'm like, oh, I don't really 
I don't know, but it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of harsh, and I kind of relate to that, <laughs> or a Coco's daughter. <laughs> that is that. Um, do you guys, like, have anything else that you can, like, connect with, or anything like that? Um, I definitely think that, like, um, Conqua sort of, I don't know, he has, I don't know, he doesn't really see what's in front of him that well, because, like, his son, for a while, doesn't want to be like his dad, and then, like, his daughter wants to go to the wrestling match and everything, and then, like wants to sit with him and everything but then he's rejecting that to sort of push the roles that he feels are right for his family yeah i feel like that kind of ties in back to like a whole thing that like he he knows exactly what he wants like like he wants to be he wants to be tough he wants to be strong and like he knows exactly what he wants, and he knows exactly okay. what he wants so for other people, whether they like it or not. And it like kind of shows why he's so like extreme to everybody, just because he 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 wants to be successful and like he wants his family to be successful, but not necessarily in the way that the other people want to be. And it's like he's trying to like force his ideals onto others in a really like violent literal way i guess do you think his ideals sort of blind now we're gonna discuss our personal i think they do especially when he when he learns that his son well not his actual son but when he learns that ikamefuna has to be killed and it's for a long time they don't talk about him and they it's in it's in the perspective of ikamefuna which i thought was interesting and like at first, the the people, they come to his house and they talk to Okonkwa and they're like, oh, we have to kill Ikamafuna in order to please the gods. And at first, uh, and, and they tell him like, oh, like you can't be involved because we know like how much you love him. And Okonkwa's like, oh, well, okay, I guess. And then suddenly out of nowhere, when they like start to attack Ikamafuna, suddenly Okonkwa comes out and he like does the final blow. Even as like Ikamafuna like cries out and he's like father like help me and like all that stuff. So it's just sad because he called him father. Yeah, <laughs> it just I, made it even worse. Yeah. yeah, and it's like they they were living with each other for like three whole years, and like they were both like like a Conqua like loved him as much as he grew to love his actual son. And he was aware of Ikamafuna's connection with his son, like he valued him. Yeah, yeah, and then just like in the blink of an eye, just because he wanted to look tough, he just like completely threw like three whole years of that away in order to like please the gods. Yeah, to like save his reputation, so he just killed him. And I thought that was like crazy because he was he yeah he was completely blinded by his ideals and like his pride. And and don't we also see this like li- like earlier in the book where he hits one of his wives during the week of peace? Yeah, like 
he he like um yeah it's during the week of peace and like you're supposed to not hurt anybody or be mean to anyone and then all of a sudden he gets really bad and like even though he should know that he's not supposed to because it's like a long held custom but he ends up like beating his wife and stuff yeah he just broke it Blasphemy. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's like something you can connect. And um, for the last section, um, do you guys like, what was one of your golden lines? Oh. Mine was, my golden line was actually a proverb, and it was, um, those who win tell the story, those who are defeated are not heard. It's, I think that's a proverb, right? But, like, anyways, mine was kind of like a proverb, and it just, like, <laughs> um, what's it called? Um, I think it relates, I don't, I don't know, I don't think it... Um, I mean, I don't know why I wrote it down, I just thought it was cool, but I don't think it relates to the Lectio Divina at all. I mean, I don't know how it would, but I mean, it's just a quote that I was cool. Um, well, I think... I mean, one of my lines was, one of my lines was, it wasn't a proverb, it was one of the quotes from the author, and it's, and um, the quote is, in the, it's the, it's in the interest of everybody, including the winners, to know there's another story. If you only hear one side of the story, you have no understanding at all. And like, I thought that was really interesting because like, the, the whole purpose of the book is to like, provide a new perspective. But also like, the perspective is not the best one either because it is showing like, their own society, but like, the society does have its problems and like, Akonko obviously, most definitely has his problems. But like, I mean it's kind of like, interesting because like the author's saying like well it's good to know like these other perspectives i guess and like um well yeah my well speaking of different perspectives my golden line kind of relates to that it, it wasn't a proverb but it says once you allow yourself to identify with people in a story then you might be able to see yourself in that story and the story's whole purpose, well, it wasn't really intended, but like you said, it was like to show a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I thought... And, sorry. And like, it's showing that, like Miss Sharp said, like Miss Sharp said, hey, Miss Sharp, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's... Okay. Showing that these African American, oh, not these African American, but these Africans are just people as well. They aren't anything more or anything less. Yeah, and it's like, it's like interesting is like, and like, I feel like that quote is basically, in my opinion, it's it's basically saying that like, when you really immerse yourself in the story, 
you can like make connections to your life or maybe like what you've heard from someone else's life and welcome to and like it, it kind of helps you like understand things in a new way yeah it helps you understand things in a new way like it, it helps you understand other people and it helps you understand yourself which I think is really interesting oh uh, my golden line was um, was the shift in power will create stories but also stories will create a shift in power and um, I think that sort of relates back to Matthew's golden line with all the stories and well this story in general basically because um, it was the story was created due to the shifting in power in Africa and then this story will create yeah. another shift. Yeah, this story created and will create more shifts, which will then in turn create more stories. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's like... I think it's um like... I think it's like interesting because like... Um, it's as you create more and more stories, you're kind of like adding more to all the different sides, <coughs> which I guess is kind of like what the author's trying to do. Like, he's trying to like give you new perspectives. So I think it's interesting that like by creating one story, you can like create so many more, and then you have like a whole bunch of different sides, and then you can like understand them all. And, yeah. No, that's our podcast. Tune in for our next episode. Maybe like we talk about section two. This is so sad. Goodbye. Our spirits will live on. <laughs>